Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you wander down the parenting aisle of the bookshop, there aren't many books written specifically for dads. Not now, in 2020, and certainly not back in 1995, when Peter Downey wrote the first edition of So You're Going to Be a Dad. These days, Peter's three daughters are pretty much taking care of themselves, and the shock of becoming a dad has receded into the distant past. But Peter's book is still relevant to dads today, which is why it's been continually republished over the years. Peter, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you. Great to be here. Hello, Siobhan. Are you surprised that you're doing another edition, the 25th edition of this book? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? In in some respects, I kind of thought the book would have had a, a shelf life and uh, and times change, but I suppose there are some universal things about parenting and about fatherhood that don't change. Uh, fatherhood is still in parenting, you know, just we're talking about dads here, that in no way diminishes the role of mums in a, in a parenting relationship, obviously. But dads remain important and parenting is something that is special and important and that doesn't change, that will go on. So a lot of the stuff around the edges about technology and certain practices and culture, those kinds of things change, but the importance of dads that's uh, that's pretty consistent. So yeah, I, and it's a great uh, privilege and pleasure to still be able to be connecting with uh, dads all these years later. So if you're reflecting back on your new dad self, the one that wrote the book, the first edition of this book, can you remember the fear you felt about becoming a dad? Absolutely. It was a, uh, I expected, I had some kind of a Hollywood-esque kind of TV show picture of what it might be like. Uh, my wife and I were both fairly young, we're in our early 20s, and uh, while not uh, wanting to avoid being parents, we just kind of thought we'd take it when it came, and it happened a lot earlier than, than we thought. And when my wife told me she was pregnant, I was um, scared, uh, and largely because I really didn't know anything about babies. I'm an only child. Uh, I don't have a big family. I've never really grown up with, you know, I've grown up with my own friends and things, but but not with babies. And I was clueless. And I and I just felt this incredible weight of responsibility. And also the fact that in a lot of things in my life, you know, you train for them. So to become a, an educator, you know, I went to university to drive a car. I did a course and I you know, got a license and I became a scuba diver by doing it, following instructions. But suddenly it's, you're a dad or you're going to be a dad. And you think, what, what, what does that mean? How do I, how do I do this thing? How do I, how do I know what to do? And in fact, even I, I look back somewhat with a bit of a, um, a pained expression on my face at the, at the initial front cover of the book, which kind of pretty well summed up my view of the world at that time, and it was a, a cartoon of a man looking up at a signpost, and the signpost was pointing in one direction saying, having a life, and in the other direction, the signpost said, being a dad. <laughs> now, I'm rather ashamed of that now, but it did make a lot of sense to me back then when I was looking down the, uh, the barrel of impending fatherhood and didn't know what it meant. 
Um, it's interesting you point that out because I think there's still an underlying sense for many new parents, not just dads, but maybe especially dads, that having a family is all about the sacrifice that you'll make, all about the things you're giving up. And it's rarely about what you get from it. Um, we We do, of course, have all the I suppose, advertising images of what parenthood is meant to be about. But if any of us who've spoken to friends will be a little bit cautious going into it, what would you say to parents-to-be now or those who are in the very early stages when it is incredibly hard? What would you say to them now about that idea that parenthood is all about sacrifice? Well, look, I would I would certainly encourage them that there is kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And as, as a parent, you go through seasons. And I don't want to disregard the fact that having a newborn is a massive change of gears. And having a toddler trying to get through a supermarket with a you know baby strapped to your chest and a toddler perhaps in the trolley, that's not easy. There are seasons that you go through, but the seasons all have their advantages and uh, disadvantages. I think one of the issues too is that essentially before you're in a relationship, you know, when you're growing up, it's easy to largely, not not universally, but largely be fairly selfish. You don't really only have to worry about yourself. What you want to do, you do. Uh, you know, you kind of please yourself to a, to a large extent, not, not totally, but to a large extent, life can be pretty selfish. When you enter a relationship, obviously that you can't be totally self-absorbed in a relationship. You need to be other person-centered. You've got, there are two of you now and you need to look after each other. And that does involve some sacrifice. And of course, that increases when you have a child. And I suppose one of the things I would say, particularly for parents of newborns, is that, you know, there's a very high level of maintenance that, that babies need. They just need to be held. They can't do anything for themselves. They need to be held and fed and cleaned. And, and that is hugely demanding. But what I would say is that Parenting continues to evolve with time, each stage of life with its own challenges and its own wonders. But also I think one of the things that I discovered that that I was a little bit unprepared for, I kind of intuitively knew, but one of the things that I really discovered was how much better life was as a as a family man, as a dad, I, I, from, from being uh, fearful and clueless and largely been led by my incredibly competent and confident wife, you know, I found my feet. I think generally most guys do. And life as a dad, when I look back over the many years, has just been so rich and rewarding. And it is easy to fall into those cliches of like, you know, cartoon or sitcom cliches where parenting is a pain and a struggle and it's difficult and life is dysfunctional. And sure, there are rough patches, that's life. But for the large part, we've got to balance that with also just the tremendous privilege. And uh, sure, there's a responsibility there, but the privilege of helping a young person to grow and flourish and thrive and being integral in their life and helping them frame their worldview, their attitudes, the way they speak, the way they treat each other, their aspirations for life. You know, it's a wonderful wonderful responsibility. It's hard to think in those grandiose terms, though, when you're changing your first nappy and uh, <laughs> really struggling to, uh, you know, to do that. But boy, it, it is a fantastic adventure. It's interesting to hear you talk that way, because I feel in many ways that that sort of conversation about the privilege of parenthood 
is mostly something I see mums writing or talking about. Maybe I'm not following the right accounts on Instagram, but um, I'm wondering if you have a sense of why that sort of conversation coming from a male's perspective isn't one we hear often, or am I just not listening in the right places? Yeah, I, no, look, I think that there's probably some truth in that. I think possibly it's because a lot of the, the sort of the literature and a lot of the narrative does naturally relate to the, the, the huge changes involved, particularly for a mum in pregnancy and in the childbirth itself. And so there's a lot of talk around that kind of thing about preparing for motherhood. And in some respects, dad can be, I use the word sideline, that's not quite the, the right word. But of course, you know, mum is carrying literally the mother load of the, the parenting experience to start. And I think often then dads end up in kind of that, they fall into that support role where they're helping the household to, to function and just try to help mums you know get along with things and and helping them to function and and do life well and survive the the newborn experience but i think that dads dads are important and i think we do know it i think a lot of dads and i'm going to make some gross generalizations here and of course we always do when we're talking about mums and dads because there are so many different types of mums and dads and combinations and all personalities and all sorts of things of course we acknowledge that but i think that often dads tend to be pretty um problem-oriented and solutions-focused, like what's the issue? How do we get around it? What do we do? How do we, you know, they're just kind of straight to the point and don't necessarily, you know, I think I think it's, it's fair enough to say that, that men on the whole, I think have improved greatly in recent time, but generally aren't ones to sort of sit around and talk about their feelings and how they're going. And, but that's something that is very important. And how do you think fatherhood has changed since you first wrote the book? Well, in some respects, there are some parts of parenthood which are just universal. Uh, you know, sex still makes a baby. A pregnancy still lasts nine months. The baby comes out. A mum can breastfeed. A dad can't. And that doesn't change. I still think it takes a really good, strong relationship, or the ideal is a really good, strong relationship between a mum and a dad in, in raising a child. You know, I think that's something that's universal. But, of course, a lot of cultural things have changed. So, you know, even things like in terms of technology, you know, the ultrasounds and the kinds of tech that is available. When I, when my kids were, when my kids were born, we we're having ultrasounds and they look like old weather maps, whereas now <laughs> you can get ultrasound gifts and engravings and plaques and 3D models and key rings and things, mate. You know, all this <laughs> technological stuff. Uh, advice to SIDS advice has changed. So with my oldest daughter, uh, I think advice at the time back then was to put them on their front. And then by the middle daughter, it was pop your baby on the side. And by the time of Matilda, it was pop them on the back. Our first daughter had a cot filled with pillows and bumpers and fluffy toys. And of course, that's not the deal anymore. And because of a massive public campaign, which has been very successful in terms of SIDS, just in the lifetime of my own children, SIDS annual death rates have dropped from I think it was about about 500 a year in Australia to about 130. That's still a tragic figure, but that's a massive improvement in terms of taking care of children. There are also things like, there's a lot of cultural things. Like uh, when I was, I remember one of the odd things that I thought was around 
back in the 90s was the placenta planting party. It was, <laughs> it was pretty rare, but you occasionally hear about people who you know have their friends around, they go and plant a placenta and put a tree on top of it and it was all very spiritual. Whereas now, you know, you have the thing encapsulated and you can actually eat it. It's not my bag, but <laughs> we're into it. Also, um, a lot of other things, gender reveal parties weren't around when my kids were little. You know, this thing now where you find out, is it a boy, is it a girl? You have your friends over and you open a cake or pop a balloon and it's either stereotypical blue for boys and pink for girls, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I think the big, the big one is that, that's really had a significant impact on parenting and parental perception and parental preparation is technology and the internet. That is huge. And when you say huge, are you thinking that it's a positive or a negative thing? Look, it's, it's both. To be honest, and I suppose it's like all things, it's a bit self-evident, you know, all things in, in good measure. But if we even think about something as good as access to information, uh, when my kids were being born, the access to information I had about what's pregnancy look like, uh, how do, you know, what happens when you go to the, the hospital, um, how can I help my wife and all these things, it was either you got a book or a parenting magazine from the newsagent maybe, uh, maybe some brochures. Uh, you went to a birth class, perhaps, that kind of thing. And that was the only information you got. You just kind of based your world around that. Whereas now we've got the internet. And the problem there is information overload where you type in, you know, how do I fold a nappy? You've got a million responses to choose from. And there's a lot of things that are fairly simple that are made more complex uh, by the internet. And also I suppose one of the issues there is the reliability and the validity and the authority. Everybody has the opportunity to publish stuff in blogs and on the internet and have their own web pages, which means that in amongst all the good, reliable, helpful information, there's stuff which maybe isn't so great. And I think, you know, that's a that's a bit of a concern. Even things like um, you know, shopping shopping for things, shopping for baby things. You can, back in the day, you just kind of went down to the local baby shop, really. You kind of wandered around. You said, well, I need a pram and I need a car seat, a capsule. What else do we need? We need some nappies and let's get a baby bath. You know, and it was it was kind of a simpler age. You know, we hadn't even discovered quinoa or kombucha yet. <laughs> um, whereas now you get online and I think there's a lot of, it would be easy to get sucked into a, a lot of pressure that you need all these gadgets and gizmos that you must be doing all these sorts of things to be a you know to be a good parent. There's a lot of information being thrown at parents, and it can be hard to um, hard to navigate that. Really, even even I think of something as kind of lightly comical as kind of you know sharing the journey or making announcements. When we were when when my kids were, were born, you know you had twenty cent pieces in your pocket so you could use the public phone booth in the <laughs> hospital. This is just happening in the 1990s, mind you. I forget, you know, we forget how much things have changed. And then how did we how did we tell people? Well, we phoned them up and we said, we've had a baby. Or for some distant relatives, we wrote them a letter. And, you know, I remember we actually got little handprints and painted our daughter's hand and made little hand-printed cards and we posted them. Whereas now, you know, you just open up your favourite social media account and away you go. And uh, for some people, they can... You know, sort of it's a very important thing going on in their world and uh, they can get in a bit of oversharing, which you've got to be careful of. You know, if, you, if you've got that drone flying around the birth suite, you know you're in a <laughs> You've over-invested in the photography. <laughs> so, Peter, if there was one thing you'd want new dads to get out of your book, what would it be? Oh, wow, that's a, 
That's a tough one, Siobhan. You put him, <laughs> you put him in, a, in a bad spot. Look, I, I suppose it would be be proactive. Don't be a passenger. Have a vision for your child, and I don't mean in a Frankensteinian kind of way, but I, I mean just you don't just bumble through every day. You kind of think, okay, well, what kind of person are we raising here? What are they going to be like when they're five or when they're 10 or when they're 20 or when they're 30? What kind of person are you going to be? Because I've got an absolutely integral role to play in helping that come to pass. And also, what kind of relationship do I want to have with my child when they're one, when they're five, when they're 10, when they're 18? Because that doesn't start the day before. It starts now. And so I suppose it's that idea of just having a bit of forethought and also cutting yourself some slack. You know, I think there's a... a, a Quite rightly, I think it's wonderful that we've got so much access to all sorts of media and, you know, books and blogs and podcasts and all these things. That's fantastic. Um, and sometimes people can put a little bit too much kind of pressure on themselves. And I'd say, just just chill. Enjoy the, enjoy the journey. Be deliberate about it. But don't forget to actually have a good time. What a beautiful place to end the interview, Peter. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Peter Downey. He's the author of So You're Going to Be a Dad. It's in its 25th edition now. And for links on where to find the book, check out the notes in this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.